Killing it, cheese, early. I love that. We start off with a little Devo. How bad could it be? Happy Wednesday to you. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Hopefully you're not working in a coal mine. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they, there are still people that do it. There are coal miners yeah. in the world. I know there are, but glad it's not a gig I've got. But um, maybe you are headed to work. Maybe you are uh, uh, already on the expressway, right? And there is a... Interesting debate that has started off already. Now that the how many trillion dollar infrastructure bill passes, well, Illinois gets its. We're getting cut. about seventeen billion. Yeah, we get It'll our be. cut, right? Mm -hmm. And now the arm wrestling begins. So, what do you spend it on? Where do you start? If you, I guess maybe there has to be an acknowledgement. Do you need to spend it on infrastructure? I would say anyone who's driven around here, anyone who's crossed a bridge, uh, knows that thing needs more than a coat of paint. Okay, you know those potholes have their own zip codes now. You know we need to we need to work on some of this. But where do you start? Is there a is there a a a, a piece of road? A piece of expressway. Is there a bridge or a building that you think, here's where they need to throw money at right off the bat? 312-591-8900. Because we already have some, quote, local leaders who have some ideas of where that money should be spent. I hope you're sitting down. Well, uh, it, it's been an ongoing discussion, actually. The Eisenhower, they've talked to, they talk about it all the time. I say it's fine. Leave it the way it is. I drive it every day. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. Because I am more concerned about a construction project than I am about a pothole. Okay. Only because having lived through so many construction projects, you know, the, the Kennedy, the Edens, I, I, the Eisenhower, which is funny because this used to be called the Hillside Strangler. So when you get, when you go from the city out the, the, to the, the suburbs, the little crush right yeah, there, yeah, and you, everything diverts off. Um, you know, they spent years fixing that and they're complaining about that again. Yeah. It fixing just, is a, it may be a, a generous term. Uh, yeah. That they repairing fixed it. is, yeah. So anyway, but the, the fact is they want the Eisenhower. State Representative Chris Welch has weighed in on this. So they want to, they want to start with, and that's House Speaker Welch, by the way, so there's some good backing there. Uh, a 13-mile segment of the of the expressway. Oh, that would just be lovely. Nearly $3 billion project to uh, repay. But here's my problem with this. And you see them do this all the time. So if you say it was built for 40 and it carries 200. Well, are you going to widen this damn thing? Are you going to add more lanes? Are you are you just yeah, going to make it look nicer? Because the problem you run into is if it was built for 40 and it carries 200, it needs to have 16 lanes. Okay, let's stop with the adding one lane. That's not going to do anything. It doesn't change your, your, your metrics at all. And it strikes me that so many of these places, they've run out of places. There's, there's nowhere else to go. Well, they, the, they, the Eisenhower goes from four lanes... To three, is that right? Three, yeah, goes from four. Should go from five four to, four to four. seven. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, but no, right now. So it it does it squeezes off there. They are talking about yeah, adding one lane. But you're right. Yeah, that's not going to fundamentally the more, change the that. The more lanes you add, 
the more cars that will well, it come. becomes a self-fulfilling if you build prophecy. It, they will come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want you know. I wish people didn't even know about the Eisenhower. That's I, that's what I think. We so should what, you do. take down the signs. That's yeah, what we need exactly. to do. We need to Don't use that money to remove the freeway signs. Ramp yeah. and just let us on, and that's it. I, yeah, I. I mean, I get it. I guess the Eisenhower. You know, it, it's not. Yeah, it's not. We're talking not talking resurfacing. We're talking reconstructing the Eisenhower, which would take oh. forever in a day. And right. where are those 200,000 cars going to go? That's always the thing. It's one thing to say you're going to rebuild a major expressway. Where, where are all the other cars going to go? Here's my buddy, Mike. Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Good. Yeah, if, you're, uh, if you're heading north on the 294, okay. and, and then you get off either going east or west on the 290, especially if you want to go west, there is a line of trucks that backs up right there because it's single lane. If uh, they were to expand that to double lane and decrease that backup, that would save everybody so much time. Yeah, you know what? It's it's you know it's one of those things that and and that's way too logical. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. No one in the state's doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Representative Welch should sit down with Mike, the trucker. Yeah, he should sit down with someone who literally drives around, and that's what they do. You should get a room full of of truck drivers. You should get a room full of like Uber or taxi drivers, right? And go okay. So where does it suck the most? Oh, let me tell you. Here, here's where you see this, or here's where that is, because I think these people need to do it. Hey, Jeff, uh, you're right here in Chicago. What do you think? Where should we start? I think they should start with finishing the projects they're currently working on. <laughs> there is a hell of a lot of existing construction, isn't there? Yes, there's way too much. And instead of in, in trying to improve the roadways, why don't they improve the drivers? Put officers <laughs> out there, start writing tickets for these idiots who drive up the shoulder, uh, drive up, got to be the first person in line. That's what slows everything down. It, it kind of backs it all up. Flowing. Yeah, it's yeah, a, an accordion effect. Flowing. Mm -hmm. Yes, if everybody had... had responsibility when they drove and everybody respected everybody else on the road what a what a beautiful world it would be jeff jeff that is it, it warms nothing warms my heart more than when i see a state trooper pull someone over for doing the for shoulder doing driving yeah. oh because they hardly get caught but you know you talk about finishing the projects there are projects right around here in downtown where the um uh, whether it's the Jersey barrier or those like orange uh, uh, barrel looking things, trash can looking ones, yeah, they're faded. They've got weeds growing up. I go, well, how long has this project been going on? Because that barrel looks like it's been there for four years. You, you know what I'm saying? Like this isn't just a new construction project. Did they forget about it? Did they just they did. quit? Did they, you know, somebody signed off on it? They, they went just home left? during the pandemic and then they forgot. Say, yeah. They're like, shoot, where were we when you we know, left? Did somebody close that thing? Did anybody ever reopen that? Like, it feels like there's so much of that going on where you're like, well, are you actually working on it? But the flip side is, if you are properly motivated, you can do things. I saw it again yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, right here on Illinois. Think Illinois and Columbus, roughly. Right in front of the movie theater. There's an AMC right here. Yesterday, they dug up a portion of the of the road at the intersection. Okay, they, you know they go and they like peel it down. They peel the the asphalt off. That's what I saw yesterday. Walking to work today, entirely new patch of asphalt on it. Uh, now they just need to paint the little lines. And I'm like, so you can 
do things quickly when you want to. Like, you can do them efficiently if there is, what, proper motivation. I just don't know what that motivation needs uh, to the be. The motivation generally with this any infrastructure bill of this magnitude is make it last as long as possible, right? I mean, it is about business, too. It's about hiring. I mean, we're talking thousands Private of people. companies are doing all this. Yeah, and I, to me, we can go to the moon, but we can't make a road that doesn't have a pothole? Are you kidding me? It's like planned They do it on purpose. Yeah. It's, yeah, they don't. If, if you built sure. a road that never needed repaving, well, you're out of a game. Exactly. Oh, yeah. you no know? one's going to do that. Yeah. Why would we want to do that? That's crazy Because I don't understand why they repatch the same surface all the time. I'm like, yeah. something's wrong here. You're not using the right materials. And they're like, yeah, we're using the right materials, right? <laughs> It'll be, I'll be bad again in a year. So, right. so the, the plan to spend $3 billion on the on the Ike, by the time they get to the end of it, it'll be time to start over again on the Friday. Just take all the trucks and all the all the uh, 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 orange cones. Let's go back down the other side and start this sucker over again. Well, House Speaker Welch showed up late to the news conference and he blamed the Eisenhower. He's like, I got caught up by the uh, Hillside Strangler. I'm like, I am old enough to remember, and not that many years ago, the Hillside Strangler that was repaired. What are you saying? It's not. It's not doing its job. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The last thing we want to do is fix the problem. We just want to. Band-aids on it. Is a hell. Hey, there's a lot of people listening right now. They're in the construction trade. They're like, you guys shut your mouths. Yeah. All right, I got to yeah. tell you, that is a uh, that's going to feed my grandkids if we just keep repairing the same roads over and over and over again. No, no. Okay, anyway. Good morning. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. It's Bruce, Judy, and uh, DJ Cheese over there ruining my morning with Christmas songs. Really? Already. just supposed to be in a bad mood. Already. Uh, I'm not happy. Um, but do we need, we need to have some sort of a, an agreement. Because Christmas creep is a real thing. Christmas creep. Like when the Costco puts up the the, the Christmas uh, d- decorations for sale in August, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, it's right next to the sunscreen, you idiots. I'm, I, you know, I don't need Christmas stuff right now. So I'm fine with you decorating. I'm oakly dokly. Doesn't bother me in the. Really? Sl- it doesn't okay. affect me in the slightest when you, you, you Christmas tree this that and the other. I think if you want to leave Christmas decorations up inside year round, that's fine. But when you start decorating outside, now, now, now you've become an eyesore. Well, now yeah. you're my problem. It's a public, it's a public safety issue. It's a public <laughs> safety issue. I'm like looking at a house driving by, going, "What in God? Do you have lights up already?" And I crash. So a recent poll from the people that do polls asked, "When do you start putting up decorations?" Well, first of all, I love this one. 91% of people decorate. So that's nice. Wow. Uh, that's more than I would have thought. I don't know for if Christmas, I see that. For Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's not, not outdoors, really? obviously, maybe indoors. 90, okay, I guess if you, oh, yeah, I think if you call putting people. up a tree. Okay. Uh, let me tell you, I notice people who don't decorate. That's how many people decorate. Okay. See, when you see a house that's not lit up, you're like, what's wrong with you? Okay. Oh, you don't celebrate Christmas. Okay. That was me. And I got tired of it. <laughs> right. Put the lights up. It's freezing. They fall down. I can never get them to keep. I can't get them lit. Power goes. The little plug goes out. It's horrible. So I stop doing it. So I'm driving down my block. Like, uh, ooh, look at that house. Ooh, look at that house. Ooh, why is this house just completely black? That you was know me. they have the new ones that 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 you could cheat. I got the cheating one. 
that is just the projecting light? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did that one bah, cheating. Yeah, I did that one I just year. cheated. Okay. Yeah. This and then I put it away. I used it, and then I put it away. I have no idea where it is. I never found it again. This is even better. Uh-oh. Um, the couple that watches my dog, Lucky, they're so wonderful. Their company, they like all our landscapers in the summer. In the winter, Aww. they're Christmas yeah, decorators. They put up the lights and everything. They get bring the ladders and go up in your yeah. trees. Absolutely. They do they it do all it for you. you. Yeah. Then they come take it down, no. which is even better. Because yes. that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. People these days, they don't take it down. They don't put it. I'm not saying they put the lights on. Well, you get on. to like March or April, you're like, screw it. Christmas no, is just around the corner. No, they never take it again. down. It's, it's just all, around the corner. It's I'm always gonna, there. not going to go through the oh, problem. It's a new it thing. Yeah. The lights. So if you look closely, you can see the snowflake lights, but they're just not on. They just don't turn around. Unplug it. So when asked, when do you start putting up decorations? I am, I am slightly happy that if you take a look at. About 3,000 adults were polled in this. Mm-hmm. Right about 50% say the day after Thanksgiving or between Thanksgiving and the first day of December, December 1st, which I think I can live with as an appropriate mm-hmm. yeah. time to put up Christmas decorations. What I can't live with is you lunatics out there before Halloween. On Halloween, who's who says it's Halloween, honey? Time to put up the Christmas decorations. Who are those people? That sounds bizarre. Well, I can tell you right now that you will be seeing decorations now because the weather was not our friend when it comes to this issue. Mm-hmm. We had warm weather. What did I see last weekend? Many, many people on ladders putting up their their. So they're, they're trying to get a head start before well, it, I, it gets crap. That's what we do here. I mean, you try to put if it's nice. Because once the cold weather hits, it's very difficult to, to decorate, especially if you're putting lights up high, right? Yeah. You need to get those in. Nick, did you do yours? Better than yeah, sliding down an icy roof. Right. No, but yeah, I have like, we have a covered porch. So to get to the second story, to get lights up there, I have to climb up on the, the roof. It's a shed roof. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's not fun when there's ice and snow up. It's also very, very dangerous. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I did see a lot of people already decorating. And you know what's going to happen? The lights are there. They're going to put them on. Mm-hmm. So do you have, and, and Nick, you'd probably be the one. Do you have Elf on the Shelf in your house? Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, we considered it, but um, I, I'm not sure. You're not sure <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you want the Elf it's on the job. Shelf. It's a job. It it's, is a job. I think it's... I don't like it. It's mean and creepy. <laughs> it's judgy. It's very judgy. And yeah. I, I think you really, no, you're the parent. Just tell the kid they better be good or else. I don't need a little elf that disappears in the middle of the night. And uh, by the way, I had to look it up because I missed this whole thing. My kids really weren't, didn't go through this. I wouldn't have done it anyway. I have one. I've got. It's sitting on the show, literally. <laughs> Where Wait, else do you did you it? buy it yourself? Of course did I did. Someone, I oh. saw it. I saw the elf on the shelf. I go, I need one of those. Mm. Does, he, <laughs> does he disappear and show up in other places when you wake up? I, he's done inappropriate things over the years. Yeah. I, I try to, I, I think of new things from, but a Cobb County Superior Court judge made an, uh, an order yesterday as a gift to tired parents. He wrote, in any opinion, that elves are a distraction to school students and a risk to the emotional health and well-being 
and he has banned Elf on the show. Yay! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Judge He's, Grinch. Man. I, I love it. Yeah, but, but, but you know, one of the things is, and I can understand this to a certain thing, is that there becomes a keeping up with the Joneses because inevitably, and you will start seeing this relatively soon, that those try-hard parents out there will start posting things on social media of their elf doing the most complicated, amazing, yeah, these dioramas they must have spent hours on, you know, and then changing it every day because that's the thing. The elf has got to move. Yeah. The elf has got to do different things. And other parents are like, well, I just took it from here and put it over there for God's sakes. Now all of a sudden right. I've got to, I got to be like a Hollywood set maker, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and Steven I got to come Spielberg up with different it. things. Yeah. I got to film my goddamn well, And there's elf. something like if you, Touch the elf, right? It loses its magic, so then I can't move. The little maggots do. I yeah, would, kids I would can't touch it myself. That. I'd kids be like, "Done, we're done with this game." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, my kids wouldn't have stood for this. But actually. it is. It is. They would have uh, killed that elf. It's watching. It's looking. It's looking. It's watching. It's yeah. judging. It's watching. It's looking. Judging. <laughs> it's no. It's weird. Your elf on the shelf. Yeah. It just is. Put, a you know, weird. just put Chucky out. It's the same thing to okay, me. Yeah. Put Chucky out and move him around the room. See how your kids react to that. Behave. Chucky is going to come. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep moving You're going to have a whole different bed. judge uh, involved in that one. You're going to get into uh, like child protective yeah. services after that. Like, what's, what's wrong, little boy? Why don't you live with mommy and daddy anymore? It's because they told me Chucky's coming to get me. Oh, gosh. I, think, I think I may have been that parent. I like that. I like it. Oh, they wake up one day and Chucky's Elf right on next the on their on their. Nightstand. Chucky on your nightstand. Oh. That is in and of itself not a good thing. Still time for our uh, criminal of the day, though. All right. I get to give a shout out to a Temple, Texas woman who embodies the phrase, no soup for you. Allegedly, our unnamed woman ordered takeout from the Sol de Jalisco restaurant. Mm. She quickly became displeased with the temperature of the soup she had just received and felt it was too hot. Our soup Nazi called and complained that her soup was so hot, how hot was it, that it melted the plastic container it came in. Well, she was told to come back and she would receive a full refund and maybe some possibly lukewarm soup. None of this satisfied the customer. As police say, she returned with the soup for a refund, all right, and threw it in the face of the cashier. The irate customer left before police arrived, oh. and the cashier suffered no permanent injuries, only some burning in her eyes from the delicious spices in the soup. Charges are pending on the soup chucker, and she has been banned for life from Sol de Jalisco, which is a heck of a resume entry if you think about it. So for returning your Mexican soup directly in the face of a restaurant employee, you, Texas woman, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Are. Off the 6 o'clock hour, take a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Cheese, you start. Yeah, I messed up yesterday. You might have heard my uh, big three T's. It was uh, 2021's People's Sexiest Man of the Year was Dan Butler. I was wrong. You were wrong on that. It's actually actor Paul Rudd Ooh. is this year's Sexiest Man Alive. Mm. Sorry, close second. Mm. You were a close second. Close second. Sorry. Judy? I agree <laughs> with Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh, YouTubers. So the Salvation Army's red kettles coming out for the holidays. No cash? No worries. They're now equipped with Venmo and PayPal. Happy holidays. Uh, Bruce? 
The prosecution rested in the Kyle Rittenhouse case up in Kenosha. The defense now has started calling witnesses, and the question remains, will they call Kyle Rittenhouse to the stand? It would all uh, hinge on whether they think the prosecution proved anything. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't think he takes a stand. Really? I don't think he needs to. Huh. No, he needs mm. to. Um, there's been a lot of talk about uh, casinos and the the plan for uh, gaming gambling here in Chicago. And some of these are grandiose plans. Oh my goodness, they are monstrosities in and of themselves. And there are what a five competing bids now um, for the the, uh, uh, the what a casino would look like here in Chicago, but. How close are we to this, and what are the competing interests? Joining us right now is State Representative Cam Buckner. First off, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Great having you back on with us now. Um, I'm, I'm, where do you come down on the side of casinos in Chicago? Well, listen, it is a extremely difficult situation to broach. Right? We've talked about a land-based casino and the possibility of having one in our seat for a very long time. Uh, but now after legislation was passed in 2019, we're, we're here now. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there's a, uh, this obvious needle that we have to thread, it, right? And, and it, um, it, it includes things like this, right? That this casino needs to be close enough to the central business district to attract tourists and not just located in a neighborhood that would only uh, functionally prey on, you know, local Chicagoans. Um, it can't be too close to the Indiana border where there's already an, an influx of gaming options for those who, who partake. Uh, and I've heard folks like Alderman Sophia King of the Fourth Ward speak on behalf of her constituents uh, that there are places in the city that are socially, civically, and uh, historically sensitive to the idea uh, uh, of putting casinos in certain places. And so um, there are a lot of things that we have to juggle here. Obviously, it's coming. It's going to be a very important decision, and, and uh, you know, I hope that we're doing taking the right steps to make sure that we're uh, brushing this in, in the correct way. And remind me again, um, we uh, the city's getting one casino. Yes, one. So one one land based casino. Uh, there have been three firms so far who have submitted five proposals, which means that one firm has submitted two uh, to the mayor, and the mayor is looking at uh, those proposals now to figure out who can run. Uh, this casino and where it will be located. But we all already have, you know, a muddling of the water. We've got other people now upset. The, these people with their proposals for the casinos wanting more or less <laughs> when it, less when it comes to sports betting. Now there's this whole sports betting. Yeah, that's um, a that, problem. Yeah, is that, is that factored into this? The 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 gaming at sports venues is 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 that an issue that is tied with it? So it is not intrinsically tied to the casino proposals, but um, in the broad kind of networking universe of, of this new gaming uh, landscape that we find ourselves in, I mean, let's be honest, right? So three years ago or two years ago, um, there was no talk about casinos. There was no talk about sports betting, um, uh, you know, gaming apps, and, and, and now we're here and, and everything, the gates have opened. Uh, so there have been some some uh, reports and some statements that have been made about, about the, the sports books, right, the betting of sports teams within stadiums. Uh, and we know that when the Chicago Bears began to think about whether or not they would depart Chicago, this was probably part of their, their calculus as well. And so sure. uh, there's a lot there's a lot to be to be figured out here. 
Is there, you you talked, to, uh, again, we're talking to State Representative Cam Buckner. You mentioned some of the, the issues and or concerns. Uh, is this just a, a, a situation where everyone's not going to be happy at the end of the day? It, it strikes me that no matter who's chosen and where it goes, somebody has and maybe a very valid argument that, well, don't build a casino here or don't give it to them. That's right. Uh, there, there will be folks. There will, there will be no one who is completely, I think, happy uh, with, with whatever is decided. There will be folks who want the casino in their backyard that won't get it. There will be folks who don't want the casino in their, in their backyard who will get it. There will be folks that will be upset about the way they operate or who operates it. Um, for, for one, one thing I didn't mention is that I, I would, um, you know, really wish and hope that not only uh, we had, you know, Illinois and Chicago-based people uh, kind of at the forefront of this, but I, I wish we had more women and minorities um, who are going to be a part of these conversations too. And so I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get that probably in this conversation. So I'll be upset about that. That'll be something that everybody's going to be, going to be mad about here. Well, and when you say there's three firms vying for five, you know, having five proposals, you know, it's, it's almost like you wish there was a breath of fresh air in this industry, but it's, it's the same old, same old, right? It's, you know, the billionaires and the people who already have casinos. And I feel like that wasn't what, how we started when we started talking about a casino for Chicago. Yeah. And, and I think that we, we um, may have missed the boat early and find a way to be honest about the fact that this is a very prohibitive industry. Uh, if you're not in it, you can't get in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that there's a very small amount of folks who are, who are in it. And we've, we've seen that through, through these bids. Now um, it, it's nuanced because it takes a certain amount of expertise to actually run a casino the right way. Um, you know, uh, the, the reason that casinos are ran, ran the way they do when they make money minus the, the, Casino, casino that Donald Trump bankrupted, um, <laughs> you know, it's because people understand what they're doing. And yeah. That is a, a factor here. Yeah. Are you really concerned about a casino in Chicago or are you OK with it? I'm, I'm fundamentally OK with it. I've heard the concerns of, of people who um, think that it's going to be bad for the fabric of the city and that it's going to prey on uh, those who, who have the least amount to, to, to give. Right. Um, and that, that may be true. It may be true. But. Um, you know, I think that's why it's important where we where we put it, right? I, I don't think this needs to go in a neighborhood that's, that's already economically depressed or a neighborhood where it's going to prey on, on those folks. So we can find a way to make this work, um, that there can be good-paying jobs attached to it, not just construction jobs, but jobs where people can raise families and, and find their way to the middle class. I think it's worth it, uh, but I do understand the concerns that people have. I think it's interesting, and, and you brought up the point, Gam, that you you know that one of the concerns is that the casino exists in a area slash neighborhood where it's more uh, tourists right. and, and people travel to visit it as opposed to just the locals going in. Because, and again, I say this with all due respect to the casino industry, uh, it's the joke about Las Vegas, uh, you know. They don't keep the lights on there by giving away money. Uh, the you know they they take money. It's how it works, and uh, uh, there's more losers than winners. Um, but anywhere you put it, that's going to be a, a factor in some level, isn't it? it? It is. It is, and that's one of the, the things that's going to be the hardest about this decision is because there, there's those ha- those factors that we've got to get away. Um, what also is true is is that um, we've got to be able to look at this and how do we also keep the casinos secure and the places around the casinos secure. I'm not sure if you guys heard the story, but there was a young man uh, earlier this week who said he was robbed at gunpoint. Yes. Yeah. Uh, $40,000. $40, yeah. Leaving, leaving uh, Rivers Casino, right. Um, in, in a city where we're, we're already de- dealing with a public safety crisis. We're mm-hmm. already, already dealing with a violence crisis. We got to think about that too. And how does this all play? 
Cam, thank you so. Excuse me, I feel like we're best friends now. I'm Mr. Buckner. Represent. I appreciate that, uh, and and it's great to have you back on with us. Thank you for shedding some light on it, and uh, we're obviously going to keep an eye on this as a, a casino. Uh, it's going to happen <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. It's going to happen, and uh, Cam Buckner helping us understand it. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. All right, wait. Listen, I, I we've been talking about it forever. Yeah. I'm hoping, as always, they they've been thinking about it forever and they have a plan well it's kind of like with legalized marijuana though careful like yeah, yeah, yeah. we knew it was coming for a long time and then when it came here go how'd you guys manage to screw all that up again how did you guys do that was, this, was it a surprise to you hey thanks for spending time with us today it's bruce it's judy it's cheese and it's never too soon to start talking about foosball right although the world of football at least for the last week has been dominated less by <clears throat> wins and losses, touchdowns and interceptions, and more by Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers, what he did or didn't do, what he said or didn't say, what he lied about or what he was truthful about, and the fallout continues. Um, Aaron Rodgers was fined for, okay, not for not for lying about his immunization status, not for not following NFL protocol in press conferences in the building and wearing a mask because he was not vaccinated. He got fined for his Halloween party. <laughs> the one where he was went it as, his party? The one where he went as John Wick. Yeah, I think it was his party. Mm, so he actually had the party, which... And he, that's why he was growing his hair out and his yeah. facial hair. Mm. Because when you saw his costume, he was, he was John Wick. Okay. So he was trying to look like Keanu Reeves. No. Fail. Um, so he got fined for that. He got, but what was four, 14 grand? I think he gets fined. He probably had that in, in his wallet at the That's time. That's yeah. between the couch cushions. $14,650 to be exact. Yeah. It's couch cushions. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to show up with a wheelbarrow full of pennies. Here's your fine, right? But he did go. And so he was on a. This whole kerfuffle started when he was on a show, the Pat McAfee show. And kind of admitted to a lot of these things, played the fast and loose and let people know that he was not actually vaccinated, that he used the term immunized and he was being um, creative with the word, I suppose. Well, he went back on it yesterday and said this. Okay. I mean, he's he's, he's not backing down necessarily. He's, he's kind not of backing. He's sort doubling. of sort of apologizing. And then he wraps it up with, but I stand by what I said. So yeah. no, he's we're back to ground. I mean, well, the thing is, zero. he can't get away with it anymore. From the standpoint of, he can't skirt the rules for unvaccinated players because uh, everybody knows now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and they, because the up until he now, was skirting the rules. Right up until now, he was you know avoiding uh, some of the restrictions, the masking or. Uh, and I, it's still not clear to me. Was he being tested? Because the NFL knew all along that he wasn't vaccinated because he had appealed for an exemption and had been denied. So was he being tested on a regular basis as well? I would assume so. I and because by so. the way, that Halloween party, he, it was because you, it's not like you can't go to a Halloween party if you're in the NFL. Not if you're unvaccinated. Right. That right. That there were part of these that he wasn't vaccinated rules for right. players or whatnot. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, listen. I, I, now I'm calling him the defiant liar. The defiant liar, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, it does strike me that he doesn't care one way or the other. Yeah, I'll give different. him that. Yeah. You he's, know, he's, I mean, he's, look at the words he uses, you know, for my opinions. I misled. Okay, either you come out and say I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah, he or, doesn't think he was wrong. No, he definitely he doesn't was, think he was wrong. He was apologizing because people. Right. That's people, like that. You, you, mis, you misheard me or you, you were misled, but it wasn't my fault. That's like that, uh, that non-apology apology. I'm sorry if anyone was offended. But. So that means you're not actually sorry. You're just sorry for the people that get offended, right? Yeah. The, 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 the non-apology apology. Uh, but shifting to the Bears fans. And again, why couldn't he be gone for Bears week, oh. right? Why couldn't he be? Um, <laughs> we are learning a little bit more about, should I call them the long-suffering Bears fans? When you take a look at... <laughs> When you take a look at the fan bases of the teams that complain the most, the Bears are right up there at the top. Right at the top of the the, the, the fan base that complains the most about their teams. And I would say, unlike some other teams on the on the list, Bears fans have some pretty solid complaints. I mean, it's been like a while. the one you just made. Why couldn't Aaron Rodgers there. have been sick then? Yeah. Wah, wah. Bears fans ranked as the number eight complainers. Uh, it's uh, not like we're number one. No, the that Cowboys would be the are Dallas number one. Cowboys. And, and again, I mean, good. Uh, listen, the Cowboys couldn't suck enough for my thing. But, you know, uh, I loved it. There was a picture the other day of Tom Brady's daughter. Eight years old, I want to say. Uh-huh. And they had pictures of her holding Super Bowl trophies over the course of her life, you know, after Tom Brady won Super Bowls. <laughs> and it's Tom Brady's daughters held more Super Bowl trophies than any Dallas Cowboy <laughs> currently playing, guy, which is kind of nice. His eight-year-old daughter has spent a lot more time around the Super Bowl trophy. So they've got a good... Why are New England Patriot fans complaining? Yeah, exactly. They're number two. For the love of God, why well, now, are they complaining? maybe, because they don't have them anymore, but, yeah, what it, the heck? It strikes me that a lot of the teams on this list had success and haven't had in a while. I yeah. think that's where the Bears fans uh, uh, struggle with, where, I mean, you can only go back to the Super Bowl shuffle for so long, and you're like, oh, my really? God. Really, can we? Because we could do it forever. You know? I think they were playing in black Come and on. white back then. I'm not even <laughs> sure color had been invented. I, that, that was the last time, time I could name every single player on the Bears. Good, good point, yeah. And I think that's a problem okay, a lot well, of folks According to the study, Bears fans are the most, our most annoying habit, using victim mentality. <laughs> That makes me laugh because it's so true. Mitch Trubisky will do that to you. And a good morning. A happy Wednesday. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. And it's fair to say we might be having most uh, Chicago weather week of the year. All you Chicago in finger quotes. Where uh, Monday, it was 66 degrees and sunny. And uh, Friday, we could be looking at about 34 with some snow showers. That's that's, that's Chicago, right? I mean, we, you nailed it. In one week, you're going to get it all. I can't figure out if I need uh, sunscreen or mittens. It's one of the two. I haven't figured that out. Or both. Yet. Yeah. But I can go and, yeah, maybe both. <laughs> Don't put the sunscreen on with your mittens, though. That's important. Yeah. Safety tip. Always before. Always before. Uh but did you spend any part of the pando shopping for stupid things? I learned 
during when we had the, these lockdowns, there was nowhere to go. I mean, you, you couldn't walk in a restaurant, you know, early on. I learned that uh, apparently I have only two real hobbies, and that is eating and buying things online. And so that didn't turn out well. And I'm thinking about all the stupid things I bought that are still sitting around right now. I will tell you that thankfully I didn't go down the path of buying exercise equipment. I thought about it. I thought I looked hard at it. Like one of these bikes or a treadmill or the the rowing machines because I got to believe. The Peloton. There are a hell of a lot of those sitting around right now in the corner of a bedroom or in a spare you know, guest room or in the living room and they've got you know a shirt hanging from them or they, you know now all of a sudden they've become like uh, decorative a decorative art of furniture. a piece of furniture where you just put things I on i never it. ever even considered that yeah i thought well we're still stuck at inside it. you know just yeah. ride the bike a little bit it would Here's, just be silly i see, guarantee you, me, i would have ridden it once and been done with oh, it oh yeah i cooked so much more during the pandemic which is great i mean i'm I think I'm a, a pretty good chef now. I could probably work in a restaurant. Um, at some point, I decided that I absolutely had to have a Dutch oven. Dutch oven. All these recipes say, put it in your Dutch oven, which is a pot, by I the way. I was going to say, I don't know what a Dutch it's oven like is. It's like this heavy cast iron pot. Like some, think of what they used to put in the well, older days. when they Which you build- used to use to make cobbler and boy scouts right. in the campfire. Remember like that, Bruce? Chili. Yeah, you put God, it on top That's a Dutch of- oven? Yeah, it's called a Dutch oven. Under the sheets. Like, uh, under the... Uh, <laughs> no. Totally different no, no, Dutch no, no, oven. No, no, not that kind. Okay. Totally different. But I, you know, because so many recipes use your Dutch oven. Dutch oven, but apparently it, it cooks very um, cleanly and, um, okay. you know, it distributes the heat well. Consistent. So yeah. my well, children got me a Dutch oven. Oh, nice. They did. How's that going? I... Hate it. Hate it. Oh. First of all, what? So we have a slightly used Dutch oven for yeah, sale. Exactly. First of all, it's so heavy. Second of all, it's big. I have nowhere to put it. It is heavy. I keep it on top of my stove. It's like a decoration now. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't clean it with soap. You just wipe it off. Yeah. Yeah. You have no, to it's cure disgusting. it or whatever. Yeah. That's I'll buy it from you. I'll He'll give you 10 it. bucks. Right. 10, 10 bucks. Right. Yeah, like you know what? It's some, it's some woman, some former some model's um, pot, too. It's, what's her name? What, which, like, literally she used to use literally it? Literally, it's like Cheryl Teague's. <laughs> the Cheryl no, Teague's. No, it's like her brand, which <laughs> I'm like, I think that's why I hate it. Anyway, um, it's yeah. It's the Cheryl Teague's Here's, the, here's the thing. I, I, I don't use it enough. Right. To justify that. I got to believe, and, and there's a lot of folks out there that have one of those Instapots. Oh, yeah. That look like a good idea on paper. And you know what? You can do everything with it, right? How many of you have it sitting under a in a counter underneath yeah. there right now, and you don't even think to take it out? Because I got one huh? because I don't like to cook, but it was like, well, you can just do this real simple. It's not real simple. I'm just gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Here's what it's not simple. Yeah, that thing. I I think I could learn to fly a plane quicker than I could figure Is out. Is it how to one work of those? It's an Instapot, an air fryer, a microwave. It's got a stove, all these uh, buttons yeah. on it and settings and, t- very and technical. Things. It's very and technical. Big. And the the instruction booklet reads like the New York phone book. I'm like, I I don't understand how this thing works. I don't get it. I have someone come over and show you. That's why I don't I get do. it. Come show me how to do this. It's much easier just to. I like, need one button. DoorDash. Boop. DoorDash will deliver. There we go. It's a lot easier than me having to do it. Did you, Cheese, did you buy anything there during the pando that you regret? Totally. Oh. I, uh, my son went to California to visit and yeah. I was sitting at home alone, nothing to do. Minding your own bored. business. Hmm. I need a new electronic drum set. What? What? 
What? I, I played the drums since I was in second grade. Oh, I played okay. all the way through college. Yeah. And I had a drum set sitting in my old house, and I gave it away. Then gave I'm away. Like, I need a new one. I'm going to start playing drum the drums I'm again. I'm going to pick up the drums again. Boom. Bought it online. Yeah. Had it delivered. How's that going? Played it twice. Twice. Yeah. Just sitting there now. With so, clothes on it. So it's like it a Literally, little, you like are hanging clothes yeah. on it now. Uh, right over there on the, on the symbol on the hi-hat. Mm -hmm. So Cheese has a slightly used drum set for sale. Mm -hmm. You have a Dutch oven, Dutch oven barely used. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got an Instapot that is... Let's have a garage Almost sale. Brand yeah, new. Just right? those three things we can make a mint. <laughs> I was gonna because say. I know we all paid a pretty a pretty penny oh, for it. Oh man, don't even it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I I know you can go online, like you know, Facebook has the marketplace, yeah. and oh, yeah. eBay and things, and you see a lot of this stuff on there. Like you can tell what people bought, regretted, and don't use by what's flooding that. And and there is right now, there's a ton of exercise equipment. Yeah. A lot of people thought, you know what? I'm going to take this uh, this time when I'm working from home or when I can't go out and about and do things. I'm going to better myself. I'm going to put that into exercise. And I'm going to be a, a, you know what, a leaner, meaner fighting machine. Yes. I'm coming out of this, right? Yeah, no, that didn't happen. No. It didn't happen. If you weren't going to work out before, you ain't, you ain't working out now. And, but it doesn't. It doesn't help that you're sitting on, t uh, on, your, on the couch watching television and every other commercial is for one of those. You know, machines. Oh, yeah, they're pushing them, aren't they? Right. Oh, the Peloton. Oh, yeah. Constantly, yeah. constantly. I I, you know what? I'm going to buy one now because I can get it for a great you deal. You can buy half Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you can. Those things are so expensive. They you have to buy like a package that... subscription every yeah, month. subscription. It's... Yeah. I love it that when people give you, like, if you get a gift like that, a gift that comes with a monthly bill, like, I don't need friends no, like that. Yeah. Don't give me that. You mean I like a magazine? I don't want that. I don't There's need a car, a but bill. you have to make the payments. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> All right. Well, I might take that if you just do the down payment. <laughs> Clock hour. We're taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about, and Judy starts us off. Well, happy holidays. The Salvation Army's red kettles are out. <laughs> no cash? No worries. They're now equipped with Venmo and PayPal, as well as other uh, contactless. Huh. I looked at that word and I was like, what is that word? Contactless <laughs> options to donate. But please donate any way you can. Absolutely. Uh, eyes on Kenosha as the prosecution has rested in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. The defense has already started calling its witnesses and laying out its case. But we wonder. Will Kyle Rittenhouse take the stand in his own defense? Eyes on Kenosha, Chief. Yeah, definitely one of the weirdest years ever in the NFL, I would say, this year. And uh, mm. especially if you, if you have a fantasy team going. I do. Nick Chubb, running back for the Cleveland Browns, out with COVID-19 now. So if you got him on your fantasy team, sorry. Every week. It's just never it's always somebody every week. It's somebody every new. week that's uh, something going on. We obviously are heading into the holiday uh, season. A lot of you may be looking forward to some trips. There's going to be some some travel. Maybe people coming to visit you. But what is uh, the travel saying? What are we expecting out there? Somebody who is well tuned into this because, gosh darn it, that's what they do. Is Chip Rogers, the uh, president of the American Hotel and Lodging Association? Good morning, Chip. Good morning. Good to be with you. So what are we seeing for holiday travel? I mean, is it fair to compare it to last year? Probably not. There wasn't a lot of it whatsoever. But even compared to 2019, are people out and about? Are they going to be moving around this holiday season? Yeah, great question. So if we do compare it to last year, it's better. If we compare it to 2019, we're not quite back to where we were okay. uh, a couple of years ago. And, and that's to be expected. So there's 
there's still a little bit of fear out there about traveling because of the virus. But I think one of the things that's really holding back travel this year is the price of gasoline. I mean, you look in the city of Chicago, mm. uh, as of yesterday, it was $3.70 a, ga- a gallon on average. The same day a year ago, it was $2.33, so a 70% increase in one year. And that absolutely impacts people's desire to travel. So do you think that would, is it the same for air travel? I mean, because they're obviously having to pay more for fuel and, and prices are a little bit high. Is that going to affect uh, that as well? Probably not as much. Uh, air travel deals are still pretty good because the uh, airlines, they're able to contractually buy their, their fuel many months in advance, uh, well before this spike that we've seen recently. So the airline prices are still pretty good. The hotel prices are still pretty good, especially uh, in and around Chicago, but but across most of the country, the prices, you know, for the Thanksgiving season are are, are about where they normally are, and they're going to be a little bit more if you go to the beach. Um, yeah. Warm, warm weather climates mm-hmm. tend to be a little pricier this time of the year, right? <laughs> they are, and warm weather climates have done much better throughout the entire pandemic. Um, for example, the state of Florida, uh, their 2021 hotel uh, revenue is higher than it was in 2019. Wow. Wow. Yeah, people wow, are flocking right. there. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, and and it seems that many of them are going to get away from maybe some of the things that are going on in other places. Again, we're talking to Chip Rogers, the president of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Your industry um, uh, has certainly uh, bore the the brunt of of what we've been dealing with for the last year and a half. How healthy is it looking? Uh, how many of your your how many of the the hotels, the motels, et cetera, survived? And and what does you projecting forward? What does it look like for you? Really good question. So if you were to look backwards, you would say, how on earth did you ever survive that? Because yeah. the revenue that the revenue that's been created the last two years combined is equal to what 2019 was. So okay. just devastating. Looking forward, things are things are improving. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, beyond just the vaccinations, now we have international travel that just started a couple of days ago. We have the pill coming out from Pfizer that will give a lot of uh, positive uh, vibe to everybody who, who's concerned about the, the, the virus. So there's some good things happening. People are beginning to travel again. We do need more meetings and conferences. I mean, the McCormick Center is a perfect example. Sure. It has sat, sat empty for a long time, and, and, and that is a lot of money coming. Chicago. Yeah, I would would imagine that those those types of events, those huge events, have to be your biggest money makers, right? I mean, in, as compared to just the tourists who come to town. Well, they're the biggest job creators. That's the most important thing because they have the food and beverage component. So if you think about someone who goes to a, a convention at McCormick Place, they're likely going to eat either there at the convention center or they're going to eat at the hotel. Uh, they're not as likely to go out, and so tons of food and beverage jobs. Um, but, yeah, overall, 53% of hotel revenue on average is generated from something other than leisure travel. Okay. And so how? So did most hotels, they, they weathered the storm, the pandemic, or did a lot of them have to, you know, close up shop like we saw with restaurants and bars? Yeah, most have been able to weather. I mean, there are still some that are actually closed, not even open yet, uh, but, but most have... Um, through a combination of assistance from PPP, working with their lenders, 
Uh, they've really cutting back. Obviously, we lost millions of jobs. Mm. And so they've been able to limp through this, but um, but they couldn't go much further. So thankfully, things are turning around. Yeah, there's the, the floor you can't go any further than the floor. I mean, we look across the street and, you know, there was a, there was a Sheraton right here that that was closed for almost a year. I, I mean, like, literally boarded up. Yeah, right? nothing. Now it's reopened. Now you see some some movement around it. And that that's a positive business travel, though. Th- that's one of the things, Chip, that that strikes me that business travel might look differently permanently. Did, did, is that a concern that the, the pandemic showed that maybe a Zoom call is better than putting everybody on an airplane? You know, we've wrestled with that going on a year and a half now. And I'll tell you what we've concluded so far, and this could change, of course, but what we believe will happen is the one-day business trips are probably going to be taken up by technology, by Zoom and Teams and things like that. But on the flip side, what we're seeing, and this is very positive, people, because they can work from anywhere, they're able to both vacation and work and enjoy something other than, than, than where they live. And so this term, this new term, leisure, has certainly mm-hmm. taken off. And yeah, so people are going out, and instead of going out just for the weekend, they can travel on a Thursday, stay all the way through a Monday, and work from the hotel. And we're seeing a lot of that. Well, or, or for a month, which is what <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. do. Your right? mouth in God's ears, Chip yeah. says. Like, go now, ahead, you know stay what, for Chip, a month. <laughs> I, have stay, I have stayed at quite a few um, hotels in the past year. Yeah. I do little trips here and there. And I will say, you know, service, you've got to prepare yourself, right? I mean, you had mentioned that the workforce, it's not really anywhere near back to where it used to be. And uh, is that what you're still seeing? Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, that what's interesting, it's not about wages. In fact, wages have gone up in our industry by about 25%. Ooh. And yet, we're still having a very difficult time finding people to work. You know, across the country, it's a major problem. The workforce participation rate is at like a three-decade low. And so, yeah, that is certainly a challenge. But but hoteliers are meeting that, of course. As you mentioned a moment ago, I heard you mention the word contactless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many things in a hotel are now going contactless. Um, and everybody's working to improve their broadband so that when you're at a hotel, you can do your job there and you can enjoy being at the hotel. Hey, Chip, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much and best of luck to you and, and, and the entire industry. We know that, uh, so many jobs and so many livelihoods are dependent upon it. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. You as well. That's Chip Rogers, the president of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. I'm not does, washing my own towels. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Draw the line there. It does strike me, though, that, the, that they're going to have to make adjustments, that there is going to be a new type of traveler with different expectations. I mean, I just saw a thing where... We're going to have to make adjustments. Without a doubt, where Airbnb uh, will let you... Uh, uh, see how good the Wi-Fi is in a place before you go and stay there. Because that being something where, hey, if I don't have high-speed Wi-Fi and I'm going to be doing work or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not not worth yeah. going to. So, like, you're going to have to make those adjustments. What types of things can hotels and more and, worker and friendly do? Without yeah. a doubt, yeah. we, a different type of worker, yeah, a, right. a newer worker coming in there and staying. She's Judy. He's Cheese. I'm Bruce. And the fallout from the Astro World concert tragedy continues. Uh, as we learn more information, we're hearing from survivors. Uh, we know that the lawsuits have started fast and furious, if you will. Um, and a lot of questions, fair questions, uh, come down on the, the promoters, the planners as to did you have plans in place in case something went wrong? And the answer to that question is actually yes and no.
because there was a 50-some-odd page uh, plan that they have to present. And in that plan, they laid out how they would deal with a variety of uh, potential bad issues. Active shooter. Active. We got to know uh, about that, right? Remember the whole oh, Vegas yeah. thing? Yeah, okay. A bomb or terrorist threat. Bomb terrorists. Okay, we got Severe that. Severe weather. What we, if it happens? Yeah, we had that Lightning, one year at Lollapalooza. You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. However, it did not include any mention no. of a crowd surge. No. They kind of, it's, it's one of those, we planned for Martian invasion. We didn't plan for the thing of, oh, gee, what happens when we put a whole bunch of people in front of a uh, in front of a stage, and they start pushing towards the stage. We're hearing from some of the people who were there. Um, Jonathan Espinoza was, if not in the front row, pretty darn close, right up against the stage. Picture that when people started pushing behind him. Okay, so he's getting wow. pushed up against this barrier. And he can feel himself getting getting crushed. Yeah, I, I, although I come back to, you know, at, at what point are you responsible to be aware of your surroundings and not put yourself in a dangerous situation? Although, I, I, I don't know if most people think concerts are. I do. I always have. The last place you're ever going to find me is, is down front against a fence in a mosh yeah. pit. Because I've been to too many concerts. Like, I already know you don't go there. Yeah. Like, I know that. It's not a place you would find me. Mm -mm. Um, But for other people, it's where they want to be. And you find that as an issue. So the the lawsuits have have begun. They... uh, um, we're hearing from one of the attorneys. This is Rick Ramos, who's who's representing, I I believe, multiple um, victims in this. Uh, talking about there were just too many folks. Yeah. Um, but how, you know, I don't go to many concerts. I don't know that I would have known that. Like, how much do you have to put on the concert goer? He's saying it, lo- it didn't look good. It was there are too many people. Well, I don't know what too many people is. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, there were some people were on the floor and some were in the in the seats, like I say, the floor, the the ground level yeah. uh, uh, there of, of of that place, and that's not uncommon. Usually, you have a floor, and you have you know, uh, um, again, I always call it the mosh pit, and I'm not saying that because. And what, it's, but it's, to uh, explain that mosh pit, the area right in front of the stage is usually where your super fans are going to be. The most energetic, excited. So they go right up to the stage. Oh, yeah. As close okay. as they can possibly I, see, get. every time I'm thinking of a concert, I'm thinking there's a, a, something, you know, protecting the stage. That you can't go right up to the stage. That there's yeah, there's a, a, like a fence, and then there's a little air gap, I would call it, okay, where security can go. Stage. And the stage is elevated, so you're looking up at the right. performer. Obviously they don't you're want not at stage level stage. Uh, okay. uh, by any stretch. Um, that's the mosh Depending pit. on the riser, you know, six feet higher, whatever, four feet above the... So when you say mosh pit, you're just saying the The area right row. in front of the stage, the okay. front rows, yeah. When there isn't um, seats... And there weren't seats in this because no. sometimes you have uh, you can sit down front. I'm in the quote front row. Yeah. This is just an open area in front of the stage, and that is where people were were crushed. They were they were trampled upon. Uh, and and isn't there usually I mean a limit to how many people they let into those areas? 
And that's what's unclear to me. So the concerts I've done before, we have a, a number of people that are allowed on the floor. The fire marshal does this. Yeah. I mean, I've had yeah. these meetings with the fire marshal. Here's how many are allowed on the on the floor. I call it the floor, the ground level. Um, and here, you know, and then your seating capacity is, is this. What's unclear to me is, were people who had tickets in the seating area, were they able to get onto the floor? Did they overload the amount of people on the floor? Were they just not paying attention? Did they not care? Or were people jumping a barrier or climbing over a, a you know, a, a fence or something to get down and they get stormed, closer? They stormed a gate. There was like hundreds and hundreds I of saw that early, running in. And that the was VIP, early. The, the sun was, was the up. the VIP section. And, which maybe would be that. Yeah. And then, then there were kids that were stomp, stamp, stomping over kids to try and get into the festival. Yeah. And, and, and Randy, you understand, you know, you, you'll have floor, quote unquote, floor seats or you have a GA for the floor and then you might have a reserve ticket for the seats around it. But it's not uncommon for people with a reserve seat, maybe a little bit higher than they'd like it to be. I've done To that try to before. get down on the floor. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you it's, know? It's a common thing because... Yeah. At the end of the day, everybody with the wristband basically should be able to stand on the floor. I don't think they were planning for everybody to storm the gates and come in. Yeah. So it's happened before at three or four other yeah. of his shows. Of his shows. And people, people have yeah. died, too. So it seems like well, they should have had something in plan knowing the history. People are going to try to do this. Right. Yeah. Or that Travis Scott, that that's something that happens, that people get all you know excited at his concerts. Well, and really going back to the floor, I mean... I don't think you can just let anyone in, right? If you just let everyone in who has a wristband, that's where you get 50,000 people. Everyone's going to want to be on the floor. People, right, but they, they, they would sell a certain amount of uh, seats, tickets for tickets, the floor. Right. Yeah. Were people who didn't have floor tickets right. able yeah. to get onto the floor, which caused this overloading, which led to a crowd surge, et cetera, that's et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be a really important that's, question. Because that's, yeah, how many of those people were supposed to be right, right in front of the in? stage like that? Dr. Allison Arwady, uh, the, <laughs> your walk-up music, little little doctor, doctor for you. Uh, first off, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. I like it. Yeah, as well. You're, that's cool. I, I need walk-up music. Uh, <laughs> doctor, can you start by helping me understand a little bit about where we are uh, looking around the city of Chicago right now when it comes to the numbers? I keep hearing things about the numbers. Yeah, so we definitely are back on the increase again from COVID. We're averaging just over 400 cases of COVID getting diagnosed every day here in Chicago. Uh, we're at about a 2.1% positivity, so we're doing a lot of testing. Um, but my concern is that, you know, as the weather gets cold and people move inside, we, as expected, are starting to see a little bit of that winter surge that we've also been seeing in the states around us. So vaccine continues to protect people really well, uh, and I'm most worried about people who have not yet gotten that uh, vaccine as we head into the really cold season. Mm. Uh, did we have a surge after Halloween? Um, uh, not too much. We didn't know because I think for Halloween, um, you know, we'd been at a long time at this point. Kids were, you know, outside. Lots of them were masked. Uh, where people were handing out candy, they were doing that. We were having mass indoors if there were haunted houses, et cetera. I didn't really see a problem with that. 
But it was such a mild October. Um, it's really just been, you know, the last week or so, I think, that we've truly gotten into that cold weather. And we know every winter, that's when we see, you know, the flu season, the cold season, the respiratory virus season. Um, and that's why we've been, you know, kind of waiting for it a little bit. Um, I'm so glad there's vaccine available for 5 to 11-year-olds. That's a huge thing to be able to get, you know, get those kids done, too. But, um, you know, now is the time to get those vaccines for adults who need boosters, for adults who haven't yet gotten a vaccine, and thankfully for those 5 to 11-year-olds. Yeah, and we're coming up on vaccination awareness day right vaccination yeah. i was like first of all, who's not aware of vaccinations you know i mean i think we pretty much uh i don't know what rock you'd have to be under but that is more uh you know trying to get these um getting kids specifically yeah. uh, uh vaccinated as a matter of fact we know school's off on friday to try to uh, try to help that move forward yeah, that's right. And it's really about, I think, this awareness of, you know, of course we've had vaccine, but that now really is the time. So we've still got a lot of adults who don't realize they're eligible for boosters, for example. Um, we've got some of the parents of 5 to 11-year-olds who are sort of saying, oh, I'm going to wait a few months and see. And that is just not what we need uh, heading into winter here. And so, you know, if you look at people over 65 in Chicago, only about a third of them that are eligible to get that booster have gotten it. And it's too weeks basically before thanksgiving so we're we're all going to be gathering and i am concerned about a post you know thanksgiving certainly end of the year christmas type you know surge etc and so we really really that awareness is not just that there's a vaccine but that now is the time um to get it to get the booster we wait a month or two it's really too late in terms of uh having you know we'll probably be in the middle of whatever surge we're going to see here so it's it's really about that timing but yeah school's off we've got vaccine for kids available more than about 200 places around Chicago Um, and we've got boosters for adults it's all free uh, safe and um, hopefully we'll see a whole lot of uptake we've seen a lot of sign up already which I'm pleased about so there I had read something about if kids get the vaccine say today will they be okay will they be in better will they be better off by Thanksgiving because they won't be fully vaccinated obviously that's right. They won't be fully vaccinated. Basically, you know, you would have to have uh, you'd have to be getting your second dose of vaccine by tomorrow or your single dose of Johnson and Johnson for adults by tomorrow to be considered fully protected by Thanksgiving. But protection starts right after you get that first dose. Right. We got to get people fully done. But also looking ahead toward the end of the year, uh, we really want kids vaccinated by those winter holidays. Uh, and starting on that, you know, just in the next week or two is also important. But, yeah. Like they won't be fully vaccinated, but having one dose in is a big part of helping to make that Thanksgiving gathering um, even safer. And that's the other reason, you know, for adults who are due for the booster um, and really, you know, just to remind folks, anybody over 18 who's got any kind of underlying condition, even a mild one or anybody who's in a work or a living or just a situation they're concerned about from COVID, you can get a booster. And we'd like you to do that because we have plenty of vaccine available. We're talking to Dr. Allison Arwady, the commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health. So, uh, doctor, I feel the need to, to qualify this statement. So I'm going to start with something. I am triple vaxxed now. I've gotten my booster. Okay. <laughs> well I, done. I wear my mask everywhere. I'm supposed to indoors in the city of Chicago. I'm following the rules. 
rules. Yep. But I'm starting to tire of these rules, Doctor. Oh, I've yeah. done everything I've been told to do. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm playing by the rules, but you have to be hearing pushback from people like me. Oh, I'm yeah. not anti-vax in any way, shape, or form. I believe in public health. But how long do I have to sacrifice for people who, dare I say, you may never change their mind? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm tired of it, too. Everybody is tired of COVID, right? Um, you know, I really want this to be a thing we're putting behind us. This opportunity to get a lot of those 5 to 11-year-olds, frankly, that's the last large group um, that, you know, is kind of out in the world a lot, et cetera. From my standpoint, you know, we as long as we continue to not see surges that threaten the healthcare system and we've got the vaccine that's widely available for that very large group, um, you know, I want to get to a place where settings that are, you know, fully or at least very highly vaccinated, we're taking those masks off, you know. Mm-hmm. I, certainly if we can get the numbers back down a little bit, you know, they're coming off for sure. We are not doing this forever. Um, promise, promise, promise. Thank like, there's you. not going to be an end point there. Um, you know, but but right now uh, is when the surge can come, right? Like, we, we, we've been expecting it, um, knowing that we see a surge every winter. Just trying to get as many of those kids done, as many as those unvaccinated adults done and you know you're triple vaxxed and you're probably been you know what are all these people waiting for but we still have so many people in chicago almost 750,000 people who have neither gotten a covid vaccine nor have recovered from covid uh meaning they have no immunity and that is more than enough for a really kind of scary level surge so part of the vaccination awareness day is just like let's get this done already let's get the boosters let's finish this up um and i'm i'm very hopeful that that we will be able to really move past it. I'll tell you at the health department, this this push for kind of the PEDS vaccine is the last big push that we're really okay. planning. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll keep the at-home availability. We'll obviously keep having vaccines available, but we are really planning on ramping down a lot of our activities just, you know, really through the end of this calendar year. Uh, and everybody wants to put this behind it. The number one thing anyone can do is talk to your entire network and anybody who's not vaccinated Try to get them to do it, especially ahead of Thanksgiving and and winter and these holidays and these surges we're going to be seeing. We'll be done with this soon enough, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Can we save that piece of audio? Yeah, exactly. We'll hold you to that. (laughs) Yeah, well, but you know, but it it has to do with like as long as we don't see a really scary variant emerge, right? Uh. And we're we're right back where we started, and that's about you know the way we stop that is. By getting vaccine out, not just here, but around the world. So we're making good progress. You know, I'm always careful to, you know, to to try to put some caveats on there because we don't have a full crystal ball. Um, you know, but even if you look 100 years ago, that influenza big crisis that was similar, mm-hmm. a big pandemic, uh, and it killed millions of people around the world. We didn't even know, like, that it was a virus at that point. We didn't have a no. vaccine. We didn't have oxygen. We didn't have any of this. It took about four years, but eventually everybody got, you know, you know, had got had gotten the exposure to COVID one one way or another. I expect probably everybody at this point is going to learn the COVID lesson. They're going to learn it. Their immune system, I mean, they're going to learn it from getting vaccinated or they're going to learn it from getting infected. And um, I just want to get through this. And the more people we can have do that, the safer way, the faster we'll be done with it. But, it, you know, the, this is not going to go on forever. Um, and I would hope <laughs> that, like, 
you know, I would hope we've learned in a hundred years, you know, all of the things that we can do to to put this behind us. Places in the world that have vaccinated really all of their eligible folks are done with COVID. Like this is a thing. Um, it's just that here we've we've not taken as much advantage of yeah. really this amazing opportunity. Now we've politicized it. That made it. Yeah, stupid, she made so it sound so much nicer. Thank you, Doctor. Yes, already, Doctor, appreciate your being time nice. today. Absolutely. Thanks for spreading the word. She's Dr. Allison Arwady, the commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health. I, I get it. I, I believe her that she's kind of she's over it, too, yeah. uh, you know, but she has Absolutely. a job to do. And I can I can acknowledge that on, on a certain level. So we've all gotten used to ordering food. And uh, there's a variety of apps out there that will deliver darn near anything to you within reason. Like they'll deliver you stuff. It's in your neighborhood, in their delivery Certain area. number of miles, right? Yeah, from your house. So, you know, you got to choose from the list. Well, DoorDash is going to be upping the ante. DoorDash says it will now add a shipping option to deliver food from all over the country. In other words, you would be able to order your favorite insert meal here from maybe the place you grew up or went to college or you visited that one time. Well, what's my beef going to taste like when it gets here? My Italian dipped beef. You get that here. You get that here. <laughs> you and I, have an order. I can Philly. think of, okay, what's my yeah. lo- my lobster with drawn butter going to be go. like? The butter might not be good. The lobster probably all right. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I, you know, because I'm trying to think I about mean, what would you cooked? order? It depends, like I assume. Yeah. I would definitely order from Philly. From, from Philly. Geno's or Pat's. Get, 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 get a cheesesteak. Cheese yeah. Because you can't get those here. You can't get them here at the mall. They Not have cheesesteak places. Cheesesteak Charlie's. Come I on. <laughs> I, I, what, what's it, I, you know what's funny? I, <laughs> cheese, I don't even know what it is. You don't know what a cheesesteak is? I mean, is it like a beef sort of? Too, but right? Cheese on it? We're done talking. All right. No friends. I don't know what a cheesesteak is. It's not, we don't have it here, and I've never been anywhere there where it's been. It's like an Italian beef, but with cheese and no sauce and stuff. Melted cheese in it. All right. And the breads maybe crispy. Wit whiz. Yeah, Yeah, you gotta have the whiz. All right. Well, so that's the first thing I'll order then. Yeah. A cheesesteak. But do you think about that? I mean, for a lot of people, they're not maybe not from here. You, you, you've moved, yeah. and there's that, that one restaurant that you loved or that one dish that's unique or oh, whatever. And you can now, again, DoorDash will do this. There was another company that was doing this. I want to say it was called Gold Belly. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's called Gold Belly that had certain meals that they would deliver from like very famous restaurants. You, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like famous places that you'd heard of before. But DoorDash is going to open up to a lot of other fo- places out there. And I can just, I mean, I think it's awesome. You know, maybe you've, you've reached What's the bottom. What's that going to cost? What's my cheesesteak going to cost? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Okay. Like $26 probably, or something. Yeah, because yeah. really, how are they going to get it here? Um, they're not going to drive it. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to guess that that isn't poor, some poor guy in Philadelphia is going to go to Pat's and go, all right, delivering it to Judy in Chicago. Yep. Off we go. Wait, so are we going to see jets now? Let's say DoorDash. Oh, that would be fantastic. Right? Full of food. How else are you going to do it? Oh, that sounds fantastic. But like you could get, you get your, you could get your seafood. You get, uh, I, I want Maine lobster. I want Maine lobster from Maine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I bring, bring it from that place. That's great. Where would you? I'm trying to think of other cities like like Cincinnati. I could get Skyline Chili. Chili, yeah. Ew. I I could have cinnamon uh, and the chili. Cinnamon and chocolate too. They put chocolate in it. Uh, I hear from Tejas. Your family lineage is Texas. (laughs) You should know chili. At least there's no beans in it. Yeah, you can have beans in the chili. I feel like I can get everything I need here. 
right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. You know, Except cheesesteak. Yeah. Except a good cheesesteak from, from, from Pat's or Gina's. Yeah. But you got to think that there's people around the country that would be ordering... From here. here. Yeah. From the, oh, they're going to want They're going to want portillos. portillos. They're going to want something oh, yeah. like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They're going to they're going to want those things. Oh, I'm going to get an In-N-Out burger. It's my going to make first. There you go. There you go. Get in and out. Wow, blew my mind. Yeah. She takes off now. <laughs> yeah. Get in and out. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. That'd be solid. Mm. I'll tell you what. So DoorDash will start shipping hmm. nationwide from your favorite restaurants maybe back in your hometown or or back in the day. Hey, let's go to Jim in Aurora right now. Hey, Jim, good morning to you. Good morning to you guys. Hey, thanks for listening this morning. But do, were you listening closely enough to identify the two songs that DJG scrambled up? I do believe so. Hit me. Uh, we're an American band and rocking America. You nailed it. Nice. Congratulations. You are a winner, Jim, and you got yourself a pretty cool prize. How about a pair of tickets to Twas the Night Before Cirque du Soleil happening at the Chicago Theater? You're going to go see him Friday, November 26th. That'll put you all in the holiday mood. A great night out, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Outstanding. Congratulations to Jim. Bring hot dogs or hamburgers. Get ready to spend a little bit more oh, money because on. of the supply chain. Wonk, 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 wonk. Well, there go my holidays. I know, right? That was my dinner, most of them. <laughs> hey, no cash? No problem. When it comes to those red kettles, the Salvation Army's red kettles, mm -hmm. they're now out for the season. But if you don't have any cash to drop in, they'll take a Venmo and PayPal wow. as well. <laughs> gotta Get change the, the times. times. Yeah, That's gotta, right. gotta do what you gotta do. Um, you know, homelessness is an issue that anyone who has spent any time in a major city, even some smaller towns, you know, you, you've noticed it. Um, I have uh, my regular group that I see here in Streeterville. I, I, I've recognized some of them uh, that I see on a regular basis uh, who, especially when I'm coming in in the morning, I see them, you know, living underneath uh, <laughs> some of the streets yeah. here or in some of the little cutouts and and they have their own little areas that they live in. But I, I would admit, I don't know if I've seen many, many kids out there, homeless youth, more the ones I see are more adult males, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I, I really notice. But maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. Joining us right now is Susan Reyna, uh, Executive Director uh, of Chicago's Sleep Outside in Support of Homeless Youth. First off, good morning to you, Susan. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. So, Susan, what are the numbers? When we're talking about homeless youth in Chicagoland, how many are we talking? Well, one of the challenges is that it's really hard to count homeless youth. Uh, mainly because they don't want to be seen or they don't want to be visible. Um, so there's various numbers, and that's one of the biggest challenges. But some of the best numbers that we have is that on any given night, there's about 2,000 homeless youth, and we're talking about 18 to 24-year-olds. And there's 2,000 homeless youth, and we only have about 375 beds to respond to that need. Hence what Covenant House Illinois does is really trying to help fill that gap. There's, you know, a small number of providers that are doing specific uh, homeless work with young people and because we recognize that homeless young people need a different type of approach than regular adults. You were just mentioning the adults that you see in Streeterville mm -hmm. and the, nerve, the needs that they have are much different than young people. Uh, you know, what a, you know, a 30 year old or a 40 year old needs in terms of a homeless services provider is very different from what an 18 and 19 year old needs. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so 18 and 19 year olds need things like support with education, support with employment, 
understanding what type of work they want to do, and then housing. And it's very hard to find housing when you're a 19-year-old. You know, most landlords don't want to rent to 19-year-olds. So what does housing look like for them? So it's a whole different array of services that young people need to respond to their homeless situation as opposed to something that's older. Is homelessness among uh, youth getting worse? It definitely is, and it's because our system is having a hard time keeping up with the needs. So, you know, you mentioned again, I mentioned earlier in terms of counting homeless individuals, homeless young people. If you look at some numbers with the Chicago public schools, uh, those numbers are even higher. So the needs are different, and the, the need continues to grow. We know there's different sources for youth homelessness. Sometimes it's young people exiting the child welfare system. We know many of them end up being kicked out of their homes because of their gender expression. We know there's substance use issues, mental health issues. So there's all kinds of indicators to mean that the numbers continue to go up, and we just need to be able to respond to those needs as aggressively as we can. Susan Reyna is with us right now and uh, talking about the issue of homeless youth. I think there's a lot of, well, I, I would say a lot of questions that people have whenever we're talking about the homeless or homeless youths can you help dispel maybe some of the 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 myths or some of the facts there uh i've always heard well you know a lot of these people just choose to be homeless they they don't they don't want to have a stable place to live no and that definitely is is probably one of the biggest misconceptions Uh, i think it's many times that our systems have been unable to respond to the needs of individuals who are homeless and particularly young people Uh, Most young people, you know, they want a stable home. And I think one of the things that I've been most humble about here at my time at Covenant House is really connecting with our young people and understanding they just want stability. And if you provide that stability for them, they are some of the hardest working individuals I've ever met. I mean, I've talked to some of our young people here, and they're trying to juggle two jobs, three jobs, so that they can, you know, go ahead and get ahead. And they're looking at things like how do they end up finding, you know, one employer so that they can consolidate their hours so they can get a job someplace else and, and then start earning more money. You know, it's educational systems that need to step up and provide for them as well in terms of providing various learning opportunities. College isn't for everyone. So really looking at, you know, what kind of career can they have that, that pays a sustainable wage? Uh, yes, there are some health issues and mental health issues, but how can we provide those services in a way that it's accessible for our young people? So I think the misconceptions that they don't want to work, that they just want to lay around, or they're doing this by choice really is a misconception. Uh, I've seen it here every day. Our, you know, our young people are resilient. They want to work hard. They just want a safe place to be, and they know that they want, they want their belongings to be safe. They want access to health care. They want to have someone to talk to to really understand what they're going through and help guide them. Uh, many of us, where we are now, is because of maybe individuals in our life that help guide us differently. And a lot of the young people that I've gotten to know, it's because they haven't had that. And that's something that we try to do here at Covenant House, is to be that person that partners with them to support their goals. Their goals for work, for education, for training, for housing, and then for health. And then all along, we're providing, you know, the meals and the showers and the laundry facilities that most of us have take it for granted as we grow up. Uh, and our young people here don't, haven't had that, and that's what we're trying to do. And that's what a lot of the youth providers are doing here in Chicago, is so, to fill that hole. So, Susan, tell me a little bit about what's going on next week with Chicago Sleep Out. Yes, we're thrilled, actually. And this is something that's federation-wide. You know, Covenant House Illinois is part of a larger group of Covenant Houses throughout the country. So every year on the 
Thursday before Thanksgiving, we do a national sleep out. And it's actually, it's innovative and it's wonderful. And for us here, it's our major fundraiser. So our goal is to raise 500000 And we do this through individuals agreeing to sleep out on that night. And again, this happens throughout the country. Uh, and our locations in California and Alaska and Mexico and, and Central America. But here in Chicago, it's, uh, we're sleeping out. Uh, the programming begins about 6.30. It doesn't end. The official evening does not end until the next morning. And, uh, you know, people raise pledges. It's, you know, it's kind of like when people are running and sure. getting sponsorships. So all night long, uh, there's some programming that goes on. Our youth are able to tell their stories. We have a panel that provides education on individuals. So it's not only an opportunity to experience this, but it's also to increase awareness. Uh, registration is still open. Uh, we are looking for more sleepers. Uh, there's a link, and I can go ahead and please cover it. Yeah, it's covenanthouseillinois.org backslash sleepoutchicago. So, again, covenanthouseillinois.org backslash sleepoutchicago. We'll uh, tweet that out as well so everybody has that link. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I know, I know we focus a lot on Chicago, but could you talk about how uh, there is homelessness of every type in the suburbs as well. Oh, correct. It's, I mean, it's throughout the country. It's everywhere, right? So I think in Chicago, it might be more visible. Uh, and also in Chicago, we have more resources. Again, they're not, they're not, in respond, they're not able to respond to the exact demand. Uh, but we, there are more resources in Chicago, but clearly it is everywhere. It's throughout Illinois. We have rural homelessness. Uh, it's, you know, our youth are looking for spaces and places where there might be more resources. But it's not very visible, just like family homelessness. Yeah. Uh, what tends to become more visible is adult single homelessness. And then you get the, the encampments, which is what you were referencing earlier. You know, uh, you know there are encampments here in, in Chicago, uh, but clearly youth tend to be more hidden. So they're riding the L's, you know, the L's at night. Uh, they're at the, you know, the 24-hour Dunkin' Donuts, perhaps. Um, and then they're also going to work in the morning. And so one of our really amazing programs is that we have a locker program where our youth can come in in the morning, they can store their belongings, they can take a shower, they can go to work, and then they can, can come back and gather their belongings and start all over again. Our program here on Lake Street, uh, we are looking to expand. Currently, we have capacity of 12 beds. And once we are fully operational, we're looking to have 40 beds for our youth. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we're thrilled to that, and that's something that we're in the middle of a capital campaign uh, that's hoping to raise the needed funds for us to complete the construction project for that. And I can share more information on that, but we're also in the middle of a capital campaign. Well, so, Susan, uh, I, sadly, I've run out of time, but I, I do appreciate what you're doing, and, and hopefully we've gotten the word out about the uh, sleep outside in support of homeless youth. And again, get all those links out there where you can help do that. Susan Rainier, we, we appreciate your, your time today and the work you're doing with Covenant House as well an amazing organization in and of itself and a good morning it's bruce judy and cheese and boy do we have some sweet deals for you this holiday season we've got some amazing items up for auction at wlsam.com you can bid on things like gift certificates home improvement appliances fine jewelry and trips lots of trips for a steal of a price all right now the auction kicks off on the 11th that's tomorrow. Yeah. You can look at the deals right now. Get ready to get a head start and get yourself a smoking deal. WLSAM.com. So um, one of the things that has come out of the whole um, uh, infrastructure package 
tr- trillion dollars, again, unfathomable how much a trillion is, is that Chicago, Illinois, and Chicago uh, specifically, is going to receive billions of dollars, your, your cut of the pie, to build back better, for lack of better terms. So the question is, what should Chicago be building back? I got to tell you, and you know, it's all perspective. It has to do with where you are and what part of the uh, you live in and, and what you see on a regular basis, maybe what your commute is. But I've told you guys, I walk along the Riverwalk. And when I look up, <laughs> when I walk underneath the bridges here on uh, on Columbus is an example, or even even the one on Michigan, you look up. Yeah. I'm no expert in bridge design, repair or metallurgy. But they are flaking and coming apart. There are pieces of bridge. It's just a paint. Don't worry. Pieces of bridge are on the ground. I'm like, well, shouldn't that be attached to the bridge still? That strikes me as, do you wait until the bridge fails? Do you wait until there's a big problem before you fix it? Mm -hmm. I got to believe bridges are part of this bill. You would hope. yeah, Yeah. Because don't forget, in addition to build back better... Is that what you called it? I think that's what they call it. Building better, build better. We also have Rebuild Illinois, which we've been in the midst of for years. That's that's a lot of money there, Which started right after Illinois became a state. They started with Rebuild Illinois. Right after we joined. Um, (laughs) So, well, that's because we just keep repairing the roads. And not to make them last for a long time, just to make them last till the next project. So where do you start? Where, if you are one of the leaders, one of the people that's in charge of this, and you are you got this pot of money, where are you going to start? Well, State Rep Chris Welch has an idea of where the first shovel should go in the ground. Okay, so the Eisenhower, and, and he's not the only one. Apparently, multiple people think, you know, that's where you need to start. That's the place that needs it. Here's what By I the think, way, 290 for the young people who are listening. So here, here's one of the things that I think is is missing in this. If you were looking forward, if you were saying, what does the year 2031 look like or 2041 look like? Would you be saying, we need more eight-lane highways? Like, I, I, I wonder if some of this lacks vision in that sense, where you're, you're repairing and building the things that, that the previous generation was using. That are going to be obsolete. And how, because, because honestly, if you look at a lot of these expressways, if you look at a lot of these thoroughfares, there isn't much more you can do. You, you've kind of run out of space unless you're going to start tearing down homes or businesses along the side of the road. Like you've run out of space. So capacity is what it is. So how do you address capacity knowing, well, this isn't going to get any bigger? And listen, I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm, I, I acknowledge I'm not smart enough to know what the answer is. It just strikes me that continuing to build more freeways just might not be where we're headed in the future. Not to mention flying cars is where yeah. I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love that's my favorite topic. <laughs> I I, yeah, want I'm one. getting one. I'm going to get on that list. Let's think about this. There are fewer cars. People are not going back to the office. Yeah, like right so now. Con- even. So congestion. When I hear that word congestion, and believe me, I when I leave here every day, coming into the city, it is congested on the Eisenhower. 
nothing More like so. nothing like it used to be. Oh, right, no. right. Nothing still, like it still used not to be. at oh, pre-bando no. levels. No, we know people aren't going back to the office. Yeah. Hey, Nick Gale is standing by. Speaking of not going back to the office, hope things are good at home, Nick. By the way. We're all negative oh, on the COVID, right, so the kids go back tomorrow. Ooh. Okay, good. And, then and we'll thank get to you for not you. driving and congesting the... Uh, yeah, one less guy on the road, yeah. right? And a good morning. Maybe you're just getting up. You're working your way in. Thanks for spending some time with us. We were just talking about traffic. Maybe a little slowed down on the Ike. You're on the Kennedy or whatnot. We appreciate you uh, uh, listening. Hopefully, we're keeping you up uh, informed, up to speed. Nick Gale does a great job of getting you all the information, the news that you need. I'm uh, Bruce. There's Judy. He's Cheese. And, you know, it's never too late to start planning for Thanksgiving. Uh, Are you having people over? What are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? I almost bought a turkey yesterday, but I keep struggling with where am I going to put it till Thanksgiving? But I'm so afraid. So like you looked hard at it. Well, because of the shortage. Mm-hmm. I I kind of picked it up. I looked at the tag. Looked I stood at it, there. Held it for a little I while. I held it. I talked to it. How it many said, pound turkey are we yeah, smoking? A 20. 20-er. I got to get okay, a 20. 20 I'm, having, I'm having about. That, that's a lot? Well, if cheese like comes, it. it'll be eight people. Yeah. I have so, no idea how much, what turkey. I don't understand poundage when it comes to turkeys. Yeah, I need a big 20's one. 20's big. 20's yeah. big. Yeah, some people do smaller ones, and then they'll do like a turkey breast, which is a nice idea, too, so you just have the breast. I think a lot of people, though, this year maybe specifically, because maybe travel plans are all over the place, you don't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. maybe looking for some of the hacks. What are some of the shortcuts you can use around Thanksgiving time? Well, speaking of turkey, according to the experts, and I agree, you don't buy the turkey already cooked. Don't buy a pre-cooked no, turkey. you got to cook the turkey yourself. Really? That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Your house, that's how I sold my first house. I made a turkey. Those people signed on the dotted line, my house smelled so good. They visited your house on Thanksgiving? Huh. Well, no, it wasn't Thanksgiving. You could make turkey anytime, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was trying to follow that. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, which... I invited him over for Thanksgiving like, just to see the house. deal. We're going to buy Okay. <laughs> Place smells so wonderful. yeah, you can turkey. No, you can't cook the turkey ahead of time. Now, but here's one that I got to tell you, this is a thumbs down. Thumbs down hack. Instant mashed potatoes. I completely disagree. You can usually tell instant mashed potatoes, Not can't you? Mine. Get out. No. And by the way, I never grew up with instant mashed potatoes. We made oh, our yeah. potatoes from scratch. And my grandmother, I'm sure she's rolling around in her grave right now, screaming. But I don't care because when I got married, then my in-laws introduced me to the instant mashed potatoes. And I got to tell you, you can doctor them up and they taste exactly the so same. So enough butter in enough anything butter and, and you can't stop, tell the difference? You can't stop it, butter, Bruce. Butter, sour cream, cream cheese, chives, whatever it takes. Just keep putting it you in put there. Put it in and at some point they go, And your instant potatoes like, well, it's only 10% potato anymore. And heavy whipping cream, of course. So I make them just like I make regular potatoes with all the stuff in them. It's just, it's a matter of not being um, too soupy, right? That's the problem with instant mashed potatoes. You got to make them fluffy and, and pretend. And believe me, when people ask, I say, oh, those are real potatoes. Oh, yeah, because balls up all night making boiling those. potatoes is so tough. So you got to go with it's the It's a pain oh, in the gosh. butt. Boiling I'm sorry. water potatoes. I didn't even know, I didn't know that's where they came from. I, I, no idea. I, <laughs> they just magically appear I, on I, your plate. You harvest mashed potatoes. I don't know where the they come from. Mashed potato I don't understand. Them, yeah. So the the experts out there, the smarty pants, the chefs say there are some things that you can do that are okly dokly. 
like the pre-made pie crust. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if anybody is is going to notice that as a difference because really your pie should be about what's in the middle of it, not necessarily the crust right. part. And it's it's again, and they do a good job of it, don't they? Uh, yeah, Heck they yeah. Like the people that are in charge sure. of that do a good job. Pre-made gravy. They're saying no. No. Stay away I from agree. Gravy. You know why? It's gravy? very easy to make gravy. People it don't is? understand that. It's very easy to thing. make I don't gravy. Know where it comes from. you got to know how to is do it. Is that mined as well? Is that come out of, do they have to drill holes ground, for yeah. that? Yeah. you get gravy? Yeah. It's, no, again, I go like this. The gravy forest? And it appears. Okay. Wow. In my oh. gravy boat. Dream of Judy. There's a in gravy my boat Hawks gravy involved. boat. <laughs> there is a gravy boat. Wait, you have a Black Hawks gravy boat? I do. I have two, actually. I'm going to sell the other one nice. if you're interested. I love that. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, one of the listeners agreed to buy all three of our items that we were trying to sell earlier for $50. I said, we're thinking about it. Hmm. 50 bucks. <laughs> so one of the I'm things... I'm pretty sure that Instapop was more around 60 or 70 yeah, bucks, wasn't it, Bruce? I know. So, yeah. Oh, yeah from what so I gravy, yeah. You've got to make your own gravy. So one of the things, though, when you take a look at um, um, the menu is one thing. But did you know, were you aware that we still have a travel advisory in place? That's right. They're still, the only reason I bring it up is I know absolutely no one is paying attention to this. That should you be traveling or should you have people coming from certain places, they're still hilariously Telling you that you're supposed to do things like quarantine and this, that, and the other. We are at full-blown ridiculousness at this place. 40 states and Puerto Rico are still on the list. Give me a break. Is any Literally, I mean this with all due respect. And when I say that, it means I can say anything I want after anything it. It's in the Geneva Convention. Is there one person... One person who has followed the Chicago travel advisory where people are supposed to take all these extra precautions if you're traveling to or from. One. Just literally, find me one. It's stupid. There's no teeth to it. There's no one waiting at the other end of the tarmac saying... When you get off the plane yeah, you from the plane saying, okay, where are you from? That No, so you just walk right in, maskless, it's whatever the other mitigations are, and you're fine. And there should be a travel advisory between Chicago and the suburbs if you really want to be, be yeah. careful. I mean, well, that's road, how ridiculous we'll have, it is. Uh, 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 Roadblocks. Yeah. Uh, yeah they'll, they'll check Start you along the way. Start on the Eisenhower because that's going to be shut down anyway for about nine years while they reconstruct it. So, well, yeah. good news that Arkansas got taken off. So, oh, for all of you goodness. who were going to Arkansas for uh, Thanksgiving, you don't need to uh, uh, take extra COVID precautions when you return to Chicago. Said no one. <laughs> Wait, Ever. Alabama, Mississippi, New Jersey, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Virginia could get off the list next week, depending on how good they are. How good they are. If you states behave yourself, yeah, that's right. we'll think Maybe. about getting Possibly. you off the yeah. list. But the fact I, I I saw that I saw the story and I thought, oh, they're still doing this. Yeah. Like that, that's still a thing. We still have states and and they go off and on because I just can't imagine anyone has paid any attention to that and has adjusted their life in any way, shape, or form based on whether or not Vermont is on the list today.
It's ridiculous. It never worked. It just never worked. So why do they continue doing it? Well, I mean, I think early on, there were places that maybe people did avoid. Maybe early on, they're like, you know what? Maybe not the best time to go to Florida. Yeah. But we, we heard from earlier that, from our guy from the hotel association. That's where everybody went. Yeah, apparently everyone was yeah. everybody well, they're going went to there now. That's for sure. Hand over fist. Yeah. You couldn't get into Florida. Stop. We're full. The, the, this these things are, are ridiculous, and I just want to continue to point out how ridiculous it is because it's not going to change, and no one's paying attention to the uh, the banned state list. Oh, that'll teach them. Maybe you want to travel somewhere nice, and maybe you couldn't give two hoots about the band state list. Good for you. We've got sweet deals for you coming up this holiday season. All kinds of really cool things up for auction right now at WLSAM.com. You can bid on things like gift certificates, home improvement, appliances, jewelry, and trips. Trips all over the country, including some foreign destinations as well. And you can get them at a steal of a price. The auction kicks off tomorrow. Go and check out the deals now. Get ready to see what you're going to bid on at WLSAM.com. You're just you're just trying to start a fight now, jeez. Dear God, you know they can hear us up in Wisconsin. <laughs> they like pull their cars over and start marching down the street when you do. They get the cheese head on. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Why the Packers? It's because Aaron Rodgers can't stay out of the news, and for no good reasons, I would argue. It's he's not in the news because he's on an MVP season or the Packers are winning games left and right. Um, he's in the news again. Because he has a, well, he had a unique stance on the NFL's vaccine policy, which was you had to be vaccinated or you had to agree to testing and uh, other things like you had to wear a mask at press conferences. Yeah. So when Aaron Rodgers, if you remember this, was asked earlier this year whether or not he was vaccinated, Immunized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't use the word vaccine. He's he like, used vaccine. He used the word vaccine. Vaccine to talk about other people. Other people. Yeah, I'm very immunized. Mm-hmm. So he was not vaccinated at that point. He knew he wasn't vaccinated. And by the way, at that point, the NFL knew he wasn't vaccinated because you had to uh, uh, disclose that to the NFL. And he had a tried. To come up with an alternative to a vaccine, he was denied. Vaccine. So he was in this vaccine protocol, a non-vaccinated protocol, whatever it might be. So we go through all that. Then he 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 tests positive. Then he misses a game. It's not even clear if he'll come back for this weekend's game. That's not a done deal yet. He has to test negative a certain amount of yeah. times, and there's all these other hoops you got to jump through, which are different for the unvaccinated than the vaccinated. Um, but. He went on that that Pat McAfee show and talked about this, and that really kind of set things down a path. Well, he went back on yesterday, and so where is Aaron Rodgers after all of what's gone on in the last week? Here's here's a question. So whether he's vaccinated or not makes no difference in my life. Don't care. I don't. I do not care. Yeah. Do his teammates care? Because that would be the thing like... I think they care if he's acting like he's vaccinated. They certainly would care. Well, okay, so do they care? Would his teammates care because their quarterback lied to them about being vaccinated? Or 
that this got him into so much trouble that it's been a distraction. He missed a game, things like that. Mm-hmm. Do they care more about, hey, we didn't win. They did not right. win the game last week. I mean, By the way, the, the, the quarterback in the future for Green Bay? Bodes well for Chicago. <laughs> I can tell you that. Bodes well for the Bears yeah. fans out there. We'll take uh, Justin Fields over over Mr. Love oh, any yeah. day, uh, at yeah. least I mean, of what the, you've seen so optics far. optics are certainly, you know, it's, it's got to be distracting. And he, uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to just shut up. I mean, you don't go on and be like, you know, I'm, I misled, I did, but I stand by what I did. Okay, well then, what, why are you even talking? He he apparently was fined, and he was fined for his Halloween party that he and a, a wide receiver, uh, both of them attended. Basically. Yes, for t- attending a Halloween party while unvaccinated. Right, and so mm-hmm. I'm led to believe that the two of them are not vaccinated, him and, him and the receiver, and attending that party put them in violation so they were fined like 14 grand fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars yeah as you said that he's found in the couch cushions that's chump change yeah. to a guy now, that makes 25 million dollars and a the year. green bay packers were fined three hundred thousand dollars so i wonder do because he's already this is the thing that i can't They're figure out take that out of his check he has a bad relationship with the packers right now mm-hmm. he threatened to not play from this year yeah yeah from the beginning and there, most people think he will not be there next year. Whether he plays football or not is a question, but he won't be wearing the Packers uniform. If you just got fined three hundred grand because this Yahoo has been out here doing this, are, how tough a stand do you take with your star quarterback? With the guy who showed by missing the game last week, huh. you guys may not win another game without him. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, where, how do you, are you in business to win football games or are you in in business to prove a point with Aaron Rodgers? I think they'd rather win football games and just get through the, I, I think they'd rather. Yeah, because if they're going to prove a point and get rid of him, believe me, he'd be snapped up in no time. Well, yeah, absolutely. Nobody's Wait, worried no. about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, John, in uh, Joliet, what's your point? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, good morning. Quick comment. Uh, the state of the world we're in now. It's like in the past, all of the drug abusers, the, the dog fighters, rapists, murderers, what we had in the NFL, and here we are today worried about Aaron Rodgers' vaccine status. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's Karen on steroids out there. <laughs> I, listen, I don't disagree with you, although I would say all the people you mentioned, they got punished. Or they got kicked out of the league or yeah. they went to jail. I mean, you're dealing with somebody like Deshaun Watson right now, the mm-hmm. quarterback for Houston. Who hasn't played a game? Why? Because there's allegations that he was domestic abuse of allegations, yeah. and Houston won't play him. The flat won't, won't okay, let him play. Personally, him. there's something about you know getting down on uh, you know Aaron Rodgers that makes me happy. <laughs> so I will I will admit that it, you know you're right. It might not be the worst thing, but, but on the scale, uh, yeah, on the scale, he beats up our Bears and he deserves what he gets. There you go. Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. I just did for myself, anyway. <laughs> All right, well, for you guys, though, dogs may be man's best friend. But let's not forget that a faithful fetching stick is a dog's other best friend, especially if you don't have a tennis ball. So when 59-year-old Andrew Taylor noticed that there was a lack of good sticks at his local park, he decided to take matters into his own hands. The dad had been chopping off excess branches from some trees in his yard when he decided to make them into, get this, a stick library. 
for all of the local pops. After chopping up the branches into several dozen conveniently sized pieces, he put them into a handcrafted box with the words, Stick Library, please return. (laughs) How cute is that? He brought it to the park. It's like those little book libraries you see in front of people's homes. And I'm sure Nick could make one of these. Taylor says the idea was so simple, but it's one of those ideas that no one thought of. He says all the dog owners appreciate it, and they all have experienced the good stick search, which isn't always fruitful. So fetch made easier. There you go. It's not such a rough life after all. Library. I think it's so cute. That is phenomenal. The little box. And, I you, want a stick. and then you bring the stick back and you return it, just like the book. Next thing it'll be a rock library. Oh, oh my gosh. You might want to come up with that. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Restoring faith in humanity. Also, thanks a lot to MG and the posse uh, over there at Mission Control. Hit all the buttons and make things happen. Infant producer Miranda work uh, over there on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all morning. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale, don't worry, sticking around. He's got all the latest news, traffic, weather, information, the things you need to know. It's all coming up next on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS.